Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Hello, friends, and welcome to Fire on the Earth. I'm Pete Barak, filling in for Peter Herbeck this week. And a very happy and blessed New Year to all of you. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas holiday season, good start to the New Year, and as we've been able to celebrate Epiphany and move throughout the beginning of January, I just I just pray and hope that uh, the Holy Spirit has allowed you to experience Jesus in a new way over the last few weeks. Isn't it just amazing how every year the church understands how important it is for us to remember, to celebrate, to acknowledge, and to receive in a fresh way these deep, compelling, real, historical moments. But in that beautiful, mystical way, yes, it happened 2,000 years ago, but it is happening in us right now. That Jesus, the Emmanuel, has come. And we have access to a life with God. I mean, sometimes when I just stop and consider, like, you know, it's easy for me to question, like, why would God want to hang out with me? (laughs) I mean, I'm fun, I guess, you know, but Jesus really wants to know me and walk with me and love me and care for me. I mean, it just, you know, I'm going off on a little tangent, but I just, I've been so blessed over the last few weeks to just consider that to the degree, to the lengths that he went, that I would have an opportunity to live to move and have my being in and through him. Praise God. All right, so we've been talking this week about the question, which formed the basis of a new booklet that I wrote that is not out for public consumption yet, but will be coming out soon. So you can go to renewalministries.net over the coming months to, to get your free copy. But the booklet is called, What Must I Do to Be Saved? Pivotal question. Important question. Eternal question. And it's a question that, I've been trying to answer and look at over the first few days of this week. And today, we're going to build off of yesterday where we talked about the broad and the narrow way. And I'm going to shift gears slightly. Instead of hammering home more and more of heaven and hell and all that, I mean, yesterday was intense. Today is about how do we stay on the narrow way? So those, as we find the narrow way, as we begin to walk the narrow way, how do we ensure that we stay there all the way to the end. Because it doesn't do much good to walk on the narrow way and then get off of it. I mean, it's great that somebody might move from the broad way to the narrow way, but if they're not capable or not willing or not able or not consistently walking by the narrow way for the rest of their life or at least toward the, to the moment, of, the moment of their death, well, that's a problem too. So let's look again back into sacred scripture, back into the Gospels. What does Jesus say about staying on the narrow way? And the first one I'm going to read, the first passage, is maybe, maybe the most terrifying passage in the Bible for me. So this is Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. John 17 says this, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, 
whom you have sent. Consider for a second the, the prospect of somebody with like an established history of casting out demons, doing mighty works, and prophesying in the name of Jesus, being refused entry to the kingdom. This is why this is such a terrifying passage for me. I mean, to think about, you could look at that person and be like, wow, that person, look how holy they are. They're doing all these mighty works. They're doing all these awesome things in the name of Jesus. How could somebody who does such things not be admitted into heaven? So what we see in this passage are two extremely important principles or considerations for staying on the narrow way. The two are, And these are not the only considerations. These are not the only principles that Jesus talks about. But we only have a few more minutes in this this show to to talk about it. So these are the two I want to focus on. Obedience and intimacy. To enter heaven, we must obey God. That, (laughs) That shouldn't be rocket science. In order to be saved, we have to be obedient to what God asked us to do. But that implies that we've actually heard his commands, that we've we've heard his voice, we've acknowledged his decrees and his authority, and then responded in harmony with that. So obedience is being able to say, okay, you're asking me to do this, I'm receiving it, and then I'm going to live in accord with what you've asked me to do. And what's interesting, obedience has become such a dirty word in today's culture. If you, it's it's actually more celebrated to rebel, to throw off the shackles, to kind of deconstruct as opposed to live under the authority of someone or something else. So in today's culture, it's it's kind of a dirty word, but in the kingdom of God, it is celebrated. And remember, we don't obey God just as mindless slaves. We don't obey him just as these animatronic kind of we've been pre-programmed to just do what we're told no we're invited into obedience with him because we're beloved children and as as we understand our our lives as beloved children we we know and believe that he's a good father so what he asks of us is oriented towards our flourishing for our good which is why the second piece is so important first we have obedience but obedience needs to flow from intimacy when we walk with god when we know god when we're when we encounter god when we live our uh, life of prayer with the lord where the real me encounters the real him we can begin to experience his life we begin to receive his perspective and we begin to be transformed by him so now all of a sudden his priorities become our priorities his power becomes our power We know that through baptism, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So God comes and dwells with us. And so, and we also know that the the highest expression of the intimacy that we long for with God is in Holy Communion, that the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, under the appearance of bread and wine, we actually consume him. I mean, we feed on him. We feed on God. And so... The, the church has laid out a pathway for us to, to walk and experience deeper and deeper obedience and intimacy with the Lord. And when we combine those two, what begins to happen is we, we experience what it means to, to be rooted and steady and consistent on the narrow way. Listen to this from John 15, and with, through the lens of obedience and intimacy. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. Abide with Jesus. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. 
for apart from me you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. He talks later. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Remember, God's love for us is unchanging. But our experience of that love and our depth of relationship with him is definitely, surely intertwined with our obedience to him. It's almost like a circular reality. He loves us. We respond to that love. We obey him, therefore experience deeper expressions of his love, which allows us to love him more, which allows us to obey him more. And it's like this this beautiful funnel, this circular funnel that brings us deeper into deeper depths of holiness with him. And there's just no question, scripture is clear on this, that to be found in Christ, to abide in Jesus, is essential to entering the kingdom of heaven. Because without it, Without that deep, intimate relationship, we might do some pretty cool things. We might even bear some fruit. But we would risk not being known by him that he talks about in the passage that I start. When he says, I never knew you, but depart from me, you evildoers. He's talking about what he means by knew there is not head knowledge. It's not an acquaintance. It's not like a fan of Jesus. I, I thought of this analogy the other day that, like, you know, I'm a big Michigan football fan. I'm a I'm a fan of J.J. McCarthy. But if you ask me, do I know him? Like, no, I don't. I know his number. I know a little bit about his life. If he was walking down the street, I think I would be able to recognize him. But he doesn't know me. We don't have a personal relationship. So there's a way at which I know J.J., but I don't really know him. I'm more like a fan. I'm not even an acquaintance. And I think a lot of us stop at that level when it comes to Jesus. We're a really big fan of Jesus. We probably recognize him. You know? We we may even like to talk about him to some people. We get excited once a week to spend some time with him and cheer him on. You know, we even maybe would wear his jersey. The Christian jersey being that of maybe a cross around the neck or... We're we're fans of Jesus, and we do the things that fans do. And we kind of feel good about the fact that we're participating in this guy that we really like, and he, he, he kind of makes us feel good every once in a while. And But at the end of the day, it's my life, and I'm doing my thing, and we don't really know him. And that's a real problem. That's a real problem. Because if you think about what Jesus says in Matthew 10, where he double-downs on the need for us to be properly aligned in our love, that we need to love him first, and he really dramatically articulates how seriously we need to take our love for him. Listen to this in Matthew 10. He says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. As disciples, Jesus comes first, always and forever. He is the foundation from which 
all of our other relationships, our familial relationships, our own physical well-being, our very lives are built on him. In order for us to persist to the end, in order for us to remain on the narrow way, he has to be the source of our life and the fulfillment of our desire. He has to be the, the person that fills our gaze from which all other aspects of our life come into clarity. We see everyone and everything through the lens of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, and when we live that way, it starts to make sense when he says things like, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Or when your eye causes you to sin, to pluck it out. Because nothing, and he's being dramatic there, but what, nothing should stand in the way of our pure-hearted pursuit of him, intimacy with him, and obedience with him. He's giving these very dramatic examples like the hand and the, the, the eye to, to just double down again, to emphasize that our love for him and our obedience with him is first and foremost. And everything else is built off of that. And anything that stands in the way of that needs to be purified by his love or cast aside. And so when we think about what must I do to be saved, well, we need to find the narrow way and we need to stay on the narrow way. And the way that we stay on the narrow way is intimacy with Jesus. And one of the ways we remain intimate with him is to obey him. He says in John, you are my friends if you do what I command you. When I stand before the judgment seat of God, I want Jesus to say, look, dad, look, father, one of my friends. This one's with me. And that comes from intimacy and obedience. I'm Pete Burak, filling in for Peter Herbeck. This has been Fire on the Earth. God bless you. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.